to episode 25 of the Making Margin podcast. My name is Nick Foy. I'm the founder of Greenway Wealth Advisors. We are a financial planning and investment management firm based in the south end of Charlotte, North Carolina. And with me today is Jeff Eminger. Jeff is an associate advisor and our director of financial planning. Uh, and he is joining us in person, live virtually from his home in Huntersville, North Carolina. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Nick. Hey. And um, today we're talking about sustainable investing, what that means, who it applies to, why it's of interest. Um, there's been a whole movement uh, that companies are sort of capitalizing on of designing investments towards people's individual preferences. And so that it can be like a really wide, um, wide swath, but excluding specific companies, including specific companies, overweighting specific companies within a portfolio or specific types of companies. Um, and all that can be considered um, either socially responsible or sustainable investing, but everyone kind of defines that differently. So we want to tease that out a little bit today. No better person to talk about it with than Jeff, who's sort of become our sustainable investing guru. Um, and I wanted to sort of just figure out why he was interested in becoming our sustainable investing guru and then talk about our approach to it. So that's what we'll do. Um, so let's talk about that first, Jeff. Like, how did you start to become, in, in without thinking about investing, but uh, inserted environmental stewardship, um, environmental impact, that sort of thing. Yeah. First of all, I love this topic. Um, glad to be glad to be speaking on it. And it's funny that that's the, like the first word that I wrote down when I thought about, you know, how I got on this journey and, and why it matters to me is environmental stewardship. Um, I have strong feelings towards the outdoors and environment. I love to, that's where I like to be when I have, uh, you know, time that I'm not, not working. And so, um, that along with just feeling a, a weight of responsibility to care for the environment that I, I love so much and to be able to, um, you know, have my son and future generations be able to enjoy kind of the same thing that I've been able to enjoy. What sort of things within your own lifestyle do you and Grace do? that sort of uh, to live that out? Yeah, I think probably one of the biggest impacts that, that we try to make is um, kind of our food sourcing. So if, if you kind of look at any data that's out there on kind of the impact that our food has on the environment, we are totally vegan for uh, two and a half years or so. So no animal products whatsoever. And um, we kind of, I don't think labels are as important as I, as I used to. Um, so I kind of, I like Michael Pollan is an author that writes about food um, and he kind of defines his eating approach as eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And that's kind of what we've adopted for ourselves. We do a garden at our house to try to provide, you know, local vegetables and things like that throughout the spring, summer, fall. I like to support, you know, local farmers and things like that. So trying to get, you know, a lot of our food from farmers markets and things like that. I think that that can be a huge impact on, you know, the transport of food, 
and uh, you know how it's raised and all that is really important. So um, organic practices that enrich the earth instead of strip all of the um, essentially capital from the land that, that you can. Uh, so those are some ways that we do that in our own household. Every every quarter we do a donation to a nonprofit, uh, and typically you know I let we let the team members sort of choose where that goes, and and you typically um, at least choose one that is somehow related to environmental stewardship. How do you find them and and uh, um, choose where that goes? Yeah, definitely try to incorporate that. Um, Give.org is a place that I use to to kind of check on charities to see, you know, are they doing what they say they're doing, um, making sure that they're, um, you know, being good stewards of the, the donations that they receive. Um, so there's a, a few um, that I've found through that. And then also just like ones that act locally. Um, so there's some here in North Carolina in the, in, like in the mountain region specifically that, you know, are fighting for like clean air and water and things like that. And in the show notes, I, I'll, we can send out, you know, links to those charities specifically. And yeah, that's really important to me that, um, you know, we use some of our resources to help ensure that the planet is livable for future generations and that we're taking care of, you know, what's there for us. Cool. Um, all right. So let's talk about how, thanks for sharing all that. Let's talk about how that relates to investing uh, in your mind. Like, what do you think about when we're considering portfolios and your mindset being um, oriented towards uh, environmental stewardship? Um, what do you think about as far as how that, wh- what that means for the actual like portfolios that we, that we manage and hold and invest yourself? Yeah. Um, so I, I think where like capitalism and environmental stewardship kind of cross is like sustainable investing is what I think about it. So when we think about capitalism as voting with your dollar, so we talk about it a lot as like, we don't know what companies in the future are going to succeed. But our overarching belief is that money flows towards good ideas. Um, And I think a good idea is to, is to provide for the health of our planet. And so in thinking about how do we design a portfolio that that honors that and respects that and votes with the dollar in that way, but at the same time doesn't sacrifice um, things that we know are good from an, an investing perspective for our clients, things like um, diversity is a huge thing. So if you start, as you can imagine, you start pulling weights out of different companies and excluding companies you pretty quickly start to, to minimize the diversification in a portfolio. Um, so figuring out a way to kind of meld those two approaches, right? So um, excluding underweighting while not losing full diversity is a huge piece. Costs have been an issue. So it, as you can imagine, to do the additional research to figure out, uh, is this company sustainable by whatever measure exists? Um, that's costly. So making sure that We're not sacrificing that cost um, reduction. So you you can think of just like a pure index. And we both came through Vanguard. There's no exclusion whatsoever in a pure index fund. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've had this call as well. When somebody calls and says, you know, I want to invest in an index fund, but I don't want to hold X, Y, Z. It might be alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Those are some of the big 
um, ones historically. And so you start to see like Vanguard has a social fund that it specifically excludes those things. Um, that's not the approach that we take necessarily, uh, but when the approach that we've found through dimensional fund advisors, um, they use an underweighting uh, and exclusionary. So it depends on the, the uh, segment that you were talking about. Um, and then looking at what you're actually measuring. So, um, you know, when we talk about, um, we talk about like what is sustainable investing or what is ESG, uh, which is stands for environmental, social, and governance. There's so many different ways that companies can define that. So you really have to be aware of what you're looking at. Um, but with dimensional, you know, we've, we've hit on an approach that works well. That's, that's still at a pretty low cost compared to other things out there. Uh, but does things like, you know, in the utilities or energy production, the companies that they're, that they're investing in there, there's a heavy weight to the companies that lower their greenhouse emissions the, the best. And there's an exclusion on the ones that are the very worst performers. Um, but if you look at something like... Performers uh, meaning from an environmental perspective and not... Ex yeah, exactly. From, uh, you know, you kind of get what you measure. So the, the big measurement with them, them is greenhouse gas emissions because it's something we can measure. So the top performers, worst performers in terms of greenhouse gas emissions potential emissions from reserve fuels that they have, things like that. And then if we look at things like information technology, there's there's not as much of a, a delta between the, the best and worst. So they, they underweight the, the worst performers and overweight um, the best performers, but not by as much. Um, so in that way, you still maintain a lot of diversity within the portfolio and, and you don't sacrifice that. I think that's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. You mentioned the, the Vanguard Index Fund and their approach, and uh, it's, just, it's called the FTSE Social Index. The ticker is VFTAX. And I remember having conversations with clients when I was at Vanguard about this. And like, I want to invest in companies that are doing the right things and not in companies that are doing the wrong things. Yeah. And every, everybody's perception of what that is is a little bit different. Um, Absolutely. And like, so I remember reading out some of the holdings to a client. Uh, and like in the top 10 holdings are like uh, JP Morgan Chase. And right. uh, at the time, Bank of America was in the top 10. It's in like the top 25 now. Um, but it's basically Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Tesla, JP Morgan, Visa, um, Walt Disney. A lot of these companies that have what the what the FTSE index has defined, what FTSE, um, which is a London-based organization, has defined as um, socially viable um, excluding companies in alcohol, tobacco, adult entertainment, weapons, fossil fuels, gambling, um, specifically excluding those. And what you end up with is companies that somebody may or may not necessarily say, oh, I, I consider them to be like an excellent environmental, social, yeah. or corporate governance. You, but, you couldn't be more right on that. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot more options these days. And so you can, you can kind of slice and dice it however you choose. Um, I think for us, it's about, it's figuring out with our individual clients, like what is most important, right? So it might be the fact that they want kind of a traditional investment to maximize returns. And then from there, they, they have their charitable inclinations, their philanthropy where they donate, 
um, you know, very generously. And that could, that's fine too. And so some of our clients want, want that and some want to specifically with their investments reflect their values. And so there's, there's kind of anywhere from kind of the pure investing to pure philanthropy. There's a really large spectrum. And then, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of different options in terms of, you know, is it social issues that are most important to you? Is it um, energy issues? Is it um, greenhouse gas emissions, things like that. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point about the diversification aspect too, to say from a um, theoretical perspective, we know that we want people to hold diversified portfolios. Like we know that's a good idea to not have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, for most of us, our bias is to hold portfolios or to hold uh, investments in companies that we most believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's a conflict between those two things um, because like we may only hold investments in companies that we most believe in and forego diversification. And so I think like you, you said, like striking that balance to say um, like, I want to over, like, don't think about any company as being perfect with our money. I, I think that we have that tendency from a nonprofit, like a giving perspective, a lot of people have that tendency and then from an investment perspective to yeah. say like, oh, well, these, you know, these people aren't going to use my dollars wisely. And so I'm not going to give, or these people aren't going to use my dollars wisely. And so I'm not going to invest. And like, the reality is like, we wouldn't, we don't always use our dollars perfectly either. So right. why would we expect somebody else to? <laughs> um, and, but I, I do think that like rewarding companies who are making that effort in ways that we can define that are better, uh, you know, stewards um, is a good thing. Like, I think there's something to that. Um, and some people look at it and say, ah, I might have a reduced return because of that. Um, talk a little bit about like the return data. If we look at the dimensional funds specifically and kind of the yeah. approach there, talk about the return data. We have a ton, it's, you know, a decade's worth of data, which in the investing time isn't necessarily even that much, but talk about that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty limited subset of information. Um, philosophically, it's interesting though, to think about, you know, capital flowing towards good ideas. Well, is the better idea to develop your business in uh, an environmentally sustainable way, or is uh, is it better to um, you know just take 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 and not be a sustainable approach, but look out for the the bottom line just this year? Um, and so my argument would be, and this is purely my opinion, is that um, you know looking out for the long term is going to be a better idea in the long run. And when we think about our portfolios, we're building them for the long run. And so that's important. Um, But the data you're kind of referencing um, has shown even equivalent performance or even slight outperformance over the last um, 10 years or so when we compare kind of a a sustainable fund to its benchmark. Um, So like the U.S. Sustainable Core 1, they benchmark off the Russell 3000 index, and it's had some slight outperformance if we look at, um, you know, even the three, five uh, year performance, 10 year, it slightly underperforms, but it's really close. And so there's some, there's definitely arguments out there to say, 
Um, yes, there could be potential underperformance, and that's part of um, the risk that you sign up for. Um, so that's where you kind of have to weigh. There could be a chance of underperformance. And one thing we kind of talk about when we're, we're talking about what investments we're going to utilize in our company are, you know, how far off of a pure index is it? And is there a reason for it? And, and is it justified? And so for, the, for somebody that has an interest in sustainable investing, I think it's definitely justified. And, you know, as I mentioned, could even lead to outperformance. Um, and that's something we won't know really until, until it's too late, um, yeah. to be frank. But um, that's one of the things that um, personally I'm willing to take that risk. And, um, you know, that's something that we try to suss out with our clients is, is this important to you enough to take that risk on? Um, and if not, that's fine as well. Um, yeah, we'll and some it, people build it how you want. That's right. And some people say, no, I don't want to take that risk. Uh, but I want to have a high, you know, hundred percent chance of whatever the return is that I can expect that I actually get. And then I'll just use that, those dollars to donate towards organizations that are meaningful, yeah. which I think I mean, is, some of our most generous clients do it that way. And I don't, yeah. um, I don't discount that at all. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, that's, an, that's an important way to, to be as well. Um, so, you know, yeah. that, that's my, my long and short answer on it. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I've attended in the past a, a, a conference for an organization called Kingdom Advisors, which is a Christian faith-based financial advisory organization. There's, I don't know, 1,500 members now nationally. Um, and they uh, there are companies there that have this thing called BRI, which stands for Biblically Responsible Investing. Um, and it's sort of just another twist on sustainable uh, investing on... Um, uh, you know, this idea of investing, putting our dollars towards those things that are, are meaningful to us. And um, for a lot of them, for a lot of it, you come away with, well, I'm paying a lot more for it. Um, and those things that whoever is actually managing the fund considers responsible, I might not consider responsible. Like there are those, um, there are those trade-offs um, or there might be companies there that they say, yeah, this, in my viewpoint, is uh, BRI. But from my, you know, from their viewpoint, it might be. And from my viewpoint, it might not be or vice versa. Um, and so you end up where, like, everybody's personal preferences um, sort of might conf conflict. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that, like, what our approach has been, like you said, just to, to offer it to people, um, to not wait it, like to not um, let this idea of being so specific about it um, be something that deters us from investing broadly and at a low cost. Yep. Um, but also, you know, how do we weigh that with like rewarding those companies that are making an effort? Uh, exactly. And it's never, it'll never be perfect. Never right? perfect, yeah. But it, it's about, you know, is it worth taking the step knowing it's not perfect or is it better to to know it's not perfect and and not take the step at all? Yeah. And so that that's kind of up to the individual to decide. Yeah. Um, in that yeah. way. Right. I think that's good. Um, 
one other thing I want to know. So BlackRock, which is the largest money manager in the world, I don't know where they are now, $7 trillion, something crazy. They got the uh, the TSP, the federal government's fund. So they are going to be adding a lot more. I got a couple of years ago, but um, Larry Fink, who's their, who's their chairman and CEO, has gone like full in on this idea um, yeah. for their company and the way they um, design strategies and all that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, the... The cynic in me is like, oh, is he doing it because he thinks it's going to be very marketable? Is he doing it because he really believes it? And I don't know the answer there. Um, but, you know, if the largest money manager in the world is going full in on this, you can imagine that it will have influence on the capital markets and influence on the way that companies um, run their businesses and the way they operate. Um, and I don't, that's probably a good thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how Vanguard has influenced indexing yeah. and what that looks like in the, in the market. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's an aspect of both that it's a good marketing idea and he thinks it's a good way forward. Um, so it, I, I think with everything, you know, there's a little bit of, a little bit of it all in there. You can be cynical and, and it can still be a good thing. Um, yeah. Like he could be totally profit motivated with it, but it still could be a good thing for, our world in the long run so yeah right yeah they have lots of options iShares they have tons of um, things where you can either exclude or or um, wait uh, heavily or not heavily depending on which side you're looking at it so they have, yeah. they have a lot of good options too yeah cool well thanks for sharing all that um, if you want more information Jeff is a great resource on this stuff. Jeff at greenwaywealth.com. Um, and, you know, as we kind of go through our initial process when we're talking with potential clients and we talk about what the options are, um, they'll bring this idea up a lot. Uh, and so we'll have those conversations with people who are interested. Um, and, you know, I, I think the, the really important thing from our perspective is that, uh, you know, there's never judgment one way or the other. It's it's um, tailoring a portfolio that takes into account everything that we know about the way that markets operate. Um, and then also, um, you know, can, uh, you know, add this sort of weighting um, in a way that, that uh, you know, hopefully makes people feel better about their investment um, and makes the investment um, be put to use in ways that uh, wouldn't necessarily have otherwise happen. So, I think it's all good stuff. Absolutely. Cool. All right, sir. Thanks for joining us on the Making Margin Podcast.